Hello there and welcome back to the FFP. We're now in January, which means the transfer window is open. So what better time than to do a mid-season review? We're going to go through all the Premier League teams, kind of rate their season so far, maybe suggest a signing if, if you think they need one to improve. So let's get straight into it. First teams up, Brighton. Brighton's had a bit of a mixed season, actually. I think the initial sort of wave of Zerbi is kind of wearing off a little bit. Like, don't get me wrong, they're still doing really well. But I think there's probably a focus more on their European venture because they'll finish, if they don't finish in Europe in terms of the Premier League, they've got real opportunity to win, the, win in Europe, I think. You've got one of the stronger team. From the club's expectation, the expectation of a fan. So Brighton to be in Europe is a bit of a fairy tale. And yeah. you enjoy that wave and, and you ride it for as long as it lasts, don't you? So I mean, they're still seventh. They're, you know, they're, they're doing really, really well on that front. So they're not miles off it, but I think there's going to be a drop-off because they're seventh and you've got teams like Newcastle are ninth at the moment. They, they're probably looking upwards over the course of the season. They're going for a dreadful ball and we'll come on to them a bit later. Um, you hope Man United would have a bit of a resurgence. Oh, you would hope. Yeah, I would. But there's a likelihood that Bayern probably this year are not going to fall in the European places through the domestic league. But I reckon they could go quite far in, in, in Europe. I think that that's probably where their focus is this year. I think if you look at the strength of Liverpool, City, Arsenal, Spurs, um, and I suppose Villa up in the the wild card of the season so far. Brighton would probably be realistically looking at that, thinking, are we going to breach that top four this season? I just think they're too far off it. They're, they're nine points off at the moment, and you've still got some, like we said, some big hitters below them who, if they hit form, and the longer Brighton stay in more competitions, are they going to have the depth? Well, it's going to stay there in the table. I think it's stay there. Don't, they're going to climb any higher. So I, I think... It's going to go to, I think it's going to be a, an all England Europa League final. And I wouldn't be surprised if Brighton are one of the two teams in there. It could be. And that's a gateway to the Champions League. Absolutely. So I, I, I think Brighton will do well. They'll finish top half. They're, they probably are just that attacking player short. So looking at signings potentially, um, I thought Jack Clark would be quite a good fit. Remember the guy from uh, Sunderland, young prospect. They usually sign younger players. Um, He's had a, he's had he's actually had a few good moves um, for him, but not really worked out. He joined uh, Tottenham from Leeds, and then uh, has fallen into Sunderland, and Sunderland's really suited it and it's enabled him to show his potential. So I think that potentially could be a nice pick up for them, given them have an attacking option. Maybe you know helps them out on their European journey and everything from that as well. Do you think that more eggs in the Champions League basket? Champions League qualification through the Europe League. Yeah. Yeah. Put all of them in there and you'll have a crack of the season. Right. On to the next one. We've got Arsenal. So, Arsenal, they're fourth at the moment, going for a bit of a bit of dire form. Uh, they've only won one in the last five. I think, I think with Arsenal, the issue that they've got is I think they've got a great first 11 but as soon as they go outside of that first 11 they get hurt a little bit with their with their backup well, their backup brigade they haven't got a goal scorer and I think 
that's what's really hurt them in the most recent games. Um, and when I look at that, there's one name that's been banded about a lot, and I think it would be, it would be an excellent signing for them. I don't think it's realistic, but I think Ivan Tony is the type of striker that they need. He does all the hard groundwork, at, you know, being brought up in that hard-pressing team in, in uh, Brentford, but he adds the gold. He adds the end products, and they haven't got a striker that does that. I could have off the ball in a bit recently as well. Well, that stupid thing they announced today about the complaint about his treatment, he's a skillful player with pace. He's going to get fouled. That's going to happen. The better you are as a player, the more fouls you're going to accumulate. That's like goes in hand in hand. So I feel like that's a bit stupid as well. And, and I don't know if that would play into their favor because, you know, uh, you're going to have that in the back of the referee's mind if they're thinking these are either gone in lightly or too harsh. You're, you're kind of criticizing how they've treated him. So that probably won't work in your favor because subconsciously they're all thinking, oh, you think I, I, I don't go fairly with you. Well, actually, I'm going to watch you like a hawk. So that could make his life even harder, potentially. They could. And, you know, like had Arsenal are not on a good run. They've had the two recent back back defeats. And what was it, West Ham and Fulham, they probably would have been fancying the chances against both of them to pick up points. Mm, and they've, yeah. got, they've got nothing. They've scored one goal across the two matches. It's not, they haven't been on a good run since really the start of December. I don't think that this team they haven't actually looked like the team that they were last year. Last year, they were, you know, they really looked like a team that could have gone all the way and, you know, put at the last hurdle. This year, they've not been consistently great. They've been good in patches. And I think that will come back and, and, and really hurt them towards the end of the season. Still going to finish in the Champions League space. But these two people think so would just be what the team needs to talk about bring them back down for. I think they just need a I think they need a player. I think they've got a few players that are a bit dead weight, you know, um, that aren't necessarily going to be the players that will bring a title, but they're players that are Champions League, like, you know, four level players, but they haven't got the, the final product that they need. And I think that's what they need. They just need something that will take them over that line. And until they sort it out by buying something that will bring that, I don't think they are going to be able to challenge those prizes are they going to be nailed there about but they'll never win so would you say Ivan Tony or somebody like Ivan Tony I think Ivan Tony's if Ivan Tony doesn't go there in January he's going there in, in the summer and the only reason he's not going to go there in January would be because of Brentford season which we'll come on to later on to the next one we've got Bournemouth now so if you're asking this a couple of weeks ago I think you'd have been saying Bournemouth have had an absolute shambolic season um, they got rid of Gary O'Neill in the summer um, for you know, they did the typical thing that, you know, a lot of the press say in, in the sense of if he had a more flamboyant name, Gary O'Neill would have a bit more prestige behind it. But they sacked that off to, to get a, a, a sort of a foreign manager in from Spain who's, who's done relatively well, you know. Um, and for, what, eight, ten games of the season, it looked horrendous. So then, I think they were only picking up a couple of points. But now... It seemed to have clicked, and they've got Solanke scoring. I think he's got 16 goals or something. It's crazy for he him. He has brought out probably the best in Don Solanke. Yeah, and uh, you know, obviously as a Liverpool fan, we saw him at Liverpool, and he was talented, but he wasn't given a consistent run in the team. Hmm. Whereas I think now, with a consistent run in a different team, I think he's actually showing that you know he's, he's, he's got he's got some quality. He's it's got his breakout season, there. isn't it? Because I think 
beforehand he's always been a player that I've looked at for. He's really good for the championship. But as soon as he makes that jump up to the Premier League, he disappears. And it never seems to click for him. He never really gets double-digit goals. And then inevitably, the team that he's with gets relegated. Because he has spent quite a lot of his time now at Bournemouth. He's been there for a heck of a long time since Liverpool signed him for 20 mil. And he's always had a bit of a yo-yo career, I think, in terms of season from season. He's gone from being pretty decent in the Championship to pretty goddamn awful in the Premier League. But now, end of this system, it's working quite well. Um, I think I think Raul has done wonders there. He's a he's one of these next, I suppose, breed of Spanish managers. And there's quite a few of them around at the moment, around Europe, who are on the front foot. They're on the front foot. They're mm. playing nice football and winning the backing of the fans who like what they see. So I think Bournemouth have have you know they've had a decent a decent season so far. Yeah, and, I, and, and they needed it because they, they were looking like they won the teams who were going to be. Heat room with relegation season after season. I thought, yeah, I thought they were one that, you know, sort of five games ago, you were looking at them and I was thinking that's one team that could really get dragged into the relegation. On, I fight. think they're on the up. I think they'll comfortably finish mid table. Yeah, I mean, they've won four in the bounce now. I think the only thing they could do, though, to improve it is probably give themselves another attacking option. In the summer, they were looking at Pats and Dacca from Leicester, and I think that got like you know, 90% of the way done before it fell through. And I think if they revisited that, that makes sense for me. Landed on Fulham. They have a weird season for Fulham. I think they've, they've had a few players have probably hung over from not getting the moves that they wanted to get. When I look at Paulina um, in the middle of the park last season, he was an absolute dominant beast. Um, he definitely wanted that move to Bayern Munich though. Um, and they're kind of, I don't know, they're, they're, they're kind of a team that you wouldn't be surprised if they ended the season comfortably safe from relegation, but 17, or they could finish, they could have a flourish and finish 11th, 10th. Like, it, it's, a, it's a weird one with Fulham because you kind of, there's just no consistency I there. just don't think though with Marco Silva at the helm that they will finish into, they, they won't be in this relegation dogfight. There's oh, no. far worse teams than them. They're, they're yeah. not, not going to get dragged into it. And on their day, Fulham can look really dangerous. I think with them as well, um, looking at the transfer targets, they've been linked with a, a Brazilian lad from Fluminense called Andre. It makes a lot of sense for them to sign and strengthen that department, given that Paulina, if he doesn't go in this window, he might go in summer. And that gives us them a little bit of a crossover integration period, but strengthens them in the meantime. And like I say, they'll be fine. They're not going to pull up any trees, not going to get relegated, probably going to be pushing towards mid-table. But I think they are where they are, and that's, that's where they want to be. I think so. And, you know, who, who will they lose to, you know, the African Cup of Nations? Will they lose many to that? Well, at least, they're, well, they're not Man City. Man City are losing no one. But um, I'm just trying to think whether or not they are losing anyone from from that. Halvin Bassi. Yeah, you got Awobi. Alex Awobi, who will be with Nigeria as well. Yeah. Apart from that, though, I think they should be okay. So I, I can't see them losing anything significant from the squad um they stay injury free i think again mid-table-ish but they're a dangerous side on the day form look good yeah next team up is nottingham forest and there's one to talk about yeah so what did you think uh, um, you mentioned on that one of our other podcasts about the the steve cooper second had just come in what did you think to that i think everyone felt sorry for him from a from a fan's perspective he will always have admiration for what he did with the club when he took it over from pretty much bottom of the championship, looking like they could have even gone down into League One, mm. getting them back 
into the top flight was no mean feat. And I think the thing that's always going to have gone against Steve Cooper is that he spent heavily. And he hasn't spent it, though. I think no. it's the, the team behind him. Yeah, you, you've got that. But, you know, you, you've got that outlay of cash and people will expect results for it. It's like any business. You've spent the investments there. You have to have a return on the investment. And they had a really bad run um, just before he got the boot. And I think it was sad, but it wasn't unexpected. Yeah, I think the biggest issue for them is they are there's currently talk around them potentially facing a points deduction as well. Um, so they're looking into um, their financial fair play as well. So I think that could be a big issue for them. Um, if we have consistency, which would be nice if we got consistency with, with these sanctions across uh, across clubs if they have done wrong. Um, I think the fact that we've seen it with Everton, that there has to be consistency, if not in the forest of, of broke. Uh, you know, breach the same rules. I think a ten-point deduction could seal their fate. I personally don't think that they would get out of that. But Nuno is a Nuno can can do some magic. Yeah, I just I think how you know how quick they actually charged Everton with it though. It took it took Everton a few years to fail FFP regulations before they've actually got the deduction counted this season. So I don't know how quick it actually would be implemented. I think if it is implemented this season, that's a big problem for them um, because their team is 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 just a mishmash of players. And I think there's really good signs actually from um, Nuno Santo coming in. Um, and well, they've got Divock Origi from he's, he's probably been, Milan on loan. He's probably been the most shocking player I've seen. Um, and he's done crap at, not, at Forest so far, though. So I wouldn't hang your hopes on him. <laughs> Does it take time to settle back in? Uh, it just it, he was awful. He was awful at AC Milan. He's carried on that awfulness into Nottingham Forest. The uh, the truth is of it, they've they've got a problem in goal and they've got a problem up front. And I think key to them is, is keeping Morgan Gibbs White and Chris Wood fit. Not the, I don't know about Chris Wood. Chris Wood is Chris Wood doesn't get you the ten goals a season that he used to get you. Apart from tactically banging at St James's Park. Yeah, you obviously wanted revenge on that day, but yeah, other than that, shows that he has got that quality. And if he can carry even just a fraction of that forward into these remaining games of the season, that gives them a chance. They need they they need to strengthen it. And they were quality finishes as well. Yeah, he's got I, that in his locker. I still think they need another striker, and they need to get rid of Matt Turner. He's just he's probably lower level championship at best goalkeeper they've they've been linked with uh, getting Kayla Navis back um, from PSG actually he did a, he did a relatively decent job I think he is aging a little bit now he's 37 so he's, he's you know towards the end of his career but it would be smart for them to re-engage with that and just bin off Turner because you know he's he had a shocker the other day as well when he, he can't play out from the back and they, that's something they're looking to implement it's dangerous having a player like that in your team if your if your manager's philosophy is to play out from the back, you have to have a goalkeeper who is good with Effie. And yeah, he's clearly not. He lacks a confidence with that. And yeah, I suppose you've got a point. Uh, get Navas back. Up next, we have got Brentford. Now, Brentford, for me, are a team that I actually generally could see getting swallowed into this relegation fight. The 16th at the, at the moment, they've lost five on the bounce. They look, they look very poor, but they look very poor because of injuries, I think. Um, they got Mbemo out. They obviously got Tony out with his with his ban as well. 
They just look like they're lacking that bit of quality that they've benefited from for the last two, three seasons. And they need them back, which is why I don't see them selling Ivan Tony. Because I think they'll they'll probably have a word with him and say, look, we've supported you for your bad. Give us six months. Keep us in the Premier League. Then we'll we'll drive you to the airport or the train station or whatever, <laughs> whatever club it is you're picking. We'll as long as they're giving us the 100 mil, we'll take you there. But they they do look like they need a striker um, to, to kind of make up for the fact that they've lost both of their key players. Interestingly, I thought I've, I've put down here the player that potentially they could get is Ekitike um, from PSG. So he's a player that Newcastle were linked with before, um, well, just after their takeover. And um, gone to PSG, and others obviously played second, third fiddle to their um, a massively stacked front line there. I think he'd be quite an interesting pickup for them. You reckon? Well, he's he did quite well. He's youthful. He's pacey. If he's got the right attitude, could potentially dig him out of a hole. I agree with what you're saying with Ivan Tony. I, I don't think they can afford to sell him with their current position, and and I think they are they are in this relegation battle. You know, they, they are not looking as solid as they were uh, over, over, the, over the past few seasons. It's not looking good for them. So I, I love what the club have done over recent years. They've got a lot of time for Thomas Frank with, with how he's built them into, I suppose, a consistent team that we've seen over the past couple of years. So it would be good for them to, to stay in the league. However, I think if then if things don't go their way, they could be in real trouble be the last third of the season. I'd be so shocked if they sell him based on where they were. If they're a tenth, Ivan Tony's gone. He's 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 sold immediately. And you're saying hundred million. I don't think they'll get that for him. I don't think they'll get they're, that. For but him. he's a good striker. I do I like what Ivan Tony brings to the team, but I I, I couldn't see anyone paying they, they, but they can they can demand that uplift in January because of the position it leaves them in. They can't demand it in summer. I think he's got one year left on his contract in the summer afterwards as well. So obviously there's going to be a bit of negotiation there played. But I just think don't sell him now. Tell him that, you know, you've stuck loyal to him. Give us six months, keep us in the league, and then we'll let you go wherever you want. A bit of a gentleman's agreement, and that'll do both sides favours. And, you know, your fans are going to welcome him back with open arms. He hasn't, you know, he shouldn't have, obviously he's committed an offence with, with um, under the football rules, with, with you know the, the gambling protocols that professionals have to stick to, but he hasn't done anything that is probably going to be frowned upon massively and like as in like an offence. Yeah. He's done nothing that would bring significant shame on the club. So I don't think him coming back would be something the fans would be you know against. Obviously, they're probably quite upset with what he's done because his long ban has had a huge impact on them. However. I think that he's, he'll be welcome back with open arms. And, but then again, he's not going to be much fit. Yeah, is it going to take him a while to get back into the swing of things? This is I why he's, be, he's better off staying there. He's just better off staying there. On to the next one now. We've got Crystal Palace. Probably the most boring team in the Premier League, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> they, don't offer, they don't offer excitement and abundance, do they? Um, but again, on the day, can be a dangerous side. Everyone knows it's Roy Hodgson's last season in football. Um, and I think there's there's rumours that Steve Cooper might go in there, which would be quite a, I think a brave appointment because it, it, it did really seem like a defeated man in in Notts Forest towards the end. Probably because he knew what was coming. 
Yeah, but he's got better foundations to build off at Palace than what he did have at Forest. Agreed, but the the problem you have is when these managers come in and then they make an immediate change and it looks like they completely uplift the players. You look at Gibbs White before the Man United game, he was really on it for that game. And you kind of just didn't see that fire in their belly before. And he spoke really well in the media still. He said he really loved Cooper, but I don't know. They just seemed like their heads were down and that was it. They needed something fresh. And you just wonder whether or not he needs time out of the game as well, just to freshen up himself, maybe spend some time away and, and do it, which means, you know, potentially could be the, the manager that comes in in the summer when they do have that reset. And, you know, they've got that um, release clause for Elise hanging over their heads as well. He's probably going in the summer. They need to hang on to Elise. Oh, they do. But, but, but I don't think they will. They've got the hangover from Zaha. You know, Zaha is probably the reason why Crystal Palace didn't get relegated, you know, for as long as he was there. And, you know, very similar to the Brentford situation. They had that choice. Do we sell him or do we just keep him for another year and let his contract run out? They chose to keep him, kept him in the Premier League. It worked out. At the moment, they just look like a very boring team. And I think it'll be interesting to see what they do in the future in order to uplift themselves. I think where they probably need to make some investment is in their fullback area. So I've put, um, I'll say Samuel from Fernabache, who's an ex-QPR player, and he's, he converted his position. He used to be a winger when he played in the championship and moved to right back. And he's actually done re- relatively well in the Turkish league. A few teams have been looking at him. I think that would rejuvenate that back line a little bit because they still had like Joel Ward hanging around for ages at right back and, you know, He's not, he's not at the level that they're going to need to push on and push forward. And then if they got a new back four in, in situ, which they've made moves over to do in the last few years, and they've got, you know, Gihi, who's, who's a brilliant centre-back in my opinion, they've got some foundations they can build on, but they've got to kind of move forward with the times now and not hang around with a... Boy, Don't just, be disrespectful to old Uncle Roy. Ah, oh, bless him. Well, well, Roy has been a brilliant servant of the game. Um, and you know, I, I wish him a really happy retirement. You know, as as a Liverpool yeah. fan as well. But if you look at you know Alice again, you know they don't they don't look in a comfortable position. I don't think they'll get dragged into the rele- the relegation battle. But if they get a couple of you know couple of key players, and a couple if they of lose their six pointers, that, in, that's going to be the, the signer for them. If they lose their six pointers against one three, that real warning signs on there. I still think they'll be okay. But I can't see Palace finishing much higher than about 14. Next up, we've got the awful team called Liverpool. Um, so I'll let you take the lead. On, I'll let you Shop- take the lead on Shop- this one, Owen, as, as your team. So for, for us, this was meant to be like a rebuilding season. Um, I don't think anyone expected us to be leading the way um, at, at kind of the midway point. Um, and from the fans' perspectives, relatively kind of, you know, we were quite disappointed that we didn't beat United at home. We didn't beat Arsenal at home. Um, but we didn't get beat. We've lost one game. I think the draws and too many of them could be the downfall. However, I think we've still got the consistency to finish in the top four. Um, I think we will. I think we can challenge for winning it. However, it depends on how much damage is done and how long Salah's out for with the African Cup of Nations and how well he does for you. about Salah, that's why he's been amazing this season. But he's I've been, been superb. But I've been reading on Twitter, players, like, people have not actually been that impressed by performances in games. He's fine. In their opinion, he's gone from being a player who gave his all for 90 minutes to a bit of a moment player. 
So, you know, he still does the big things. He'll score a goal, he'll assist, everything like that. But in between, it feels like he's going through the motions. But I think you have to remember as well that when, when players do have good seasons, you become targets for defenders. So you get doubled up on. So it can take you out of games. Uh, I, I get the point. He's getting older as well. So, you know, can he, can he, you know, carry on at that level that he was at? Cause it, it's an immense level. We're talking top, top level in the Premier League. If he's not at top level, but he's, you know, 5% lower, people are still going to notice that. But actually, that's still an incredible level to be at. I think we could win it if we keep people fit. Darwin Nunes actually starts to convert some of these chances into goals and we keep Jota fit. I think it gives us options. And they're my favourite. That could be the difference. They're my favourite to win the Premier League. Um, and, it, and it's multiple of the reasons as to why they're my favourite. I think other teams are trying their hardest to lose it. And Liverpool are slowly building and becoming more effective. They might not be blowing teams away. Uh, some of the games have been amazing to watch. and They are blowing teams away in the game. But when you look at them over the course of five, ten games, they're not blowing teams away. But they're still getting those wins, or they're not losing. That's the main thing. They're not, not losing, losing. But with the amount of chances that we're creating in games, we should be converting more of these draws into wins. I think the Achilles heel could still be the defence. It still needs investment. Um, the, there's no pace at the wings, which I think is is a problem if you watch the games. We struggled with injuries, haven't you? So you had Robertson out injured, and then Shimakas has come in, and then Klopp took him out. There's uh, too many crosses that comes in aren't they're not dealt with. Um, too many balls into the channels aren't stopped and that could be a real problem but, but on the caveat to that you've got Alisson who's still top class you've got Van Dijk who, who looks back to his best there's a stat I think that he hasn't actually been dribbled past at all this season he looks good so he's, he's back it, you know last season he had a, a, a bit of a downturn I think everyone saw that and thought oh this could be a major now but actually he's back form and I think it's just he just had to get that time back to it because he had some serious injuries um but you've had bad injuries in defense and I think I don't I don't actually think you need investment in, in defense I just think you need those players back like Robertson is massive player for you when he comes back he is um I actually think you're probably still short a number six and there's uh Zubamendi from Real Sociedad who I think a couple of teams are kind of having a look at I think it makes a lot of sense for Liverpool to to really look at that one as well. It's kind of another player that they they tend to pick up these players for 30, 40 million and actually turn them into 80, 90 million pound players and he could potentially be one of those. He's a big one playmaker. And the other rumour is um, Elise from Crystal Palace that's been flying around. I don't think that... Do they need another winger though? You have... You have no, I, I, I don't line. think we do. Um, there's that. And the other rumour that always keeps floating around is Kylian Mbappe. I just think it's a, an absolute load of a load of rubbish. What was the last we're, time? Oh, he's mum's a Liverpool fan. Oh, brilliant. That we'd love to see it. Up. We'd love to see it. But he's going Real Madrid. Yeah, absolutely. There's no no contest there, is there? Next one up is Sheffield United. Now, Sheffield United are getting relegated. They're awful. They are they, they getting set, relegated. Yes, they are. They got they <laughs> they set themselves up to fail in the summer because the owners basically sold two of their best players in uh, Sanderberger and uh, the guy they sent they sold to Marseille Endai. Their two best players from last season gave Peckinbottom no hope, no transfer budget, nothing. They just wanted the Premier League cash for a season and then relegation. If they're looking at what can help them, I, I've actually put they want the genie from Aladdin. That's what they really need. <laughs> There's no players that they can sign. They have just signed. Um, 
a loan signing of uh, Briarton Diaz from Villarreal, a guy who smashed up the um, championship for two seasons in a row at uh, Blackburn and is really prolific there. Um, all, all came about when he changed his nationality from English to Chilean um, and then he just started flying. Um, but uh, it's not going to be enough. They're going to go down, but they're not going to go down with a whimper. Beforehand, they were going to go down and probably be regarded as one of the worst teams we've ever seen in the Premier League. They, they've got a bit of fight about them since they uh, brought Chris Wilder in, but it's it not going to be enough. Like Chris Wilder will bring out the best, I think, of what he's got, but I think you're right. I, I don't think there is enough there that they can that they can work with to save them. And they, they don't even really have anyone out on loan who they can call back as a saviour. You know, the, the, and I can't see them attracting anyone in a January transfer window who's going to want to come to a club that is almost odd-on and destined to be in the championship next season. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it's a shame because they've got very, you know, they've got a really loyal following of fans. They've got passionate supporters behind them. Um, they're a club that I think a lot of people, you know, got a soft spot for. I just can't see. I'm with you on this one. I can't see them surviving. Um, but I agree. I don't think they'll go down without a whimper. Um, but they're not going to. I don't. I can't see them getting out of the position that you're in. Next up, we've got Everton. Um, so Everton obviously have had that 10 point deduction, which in any other season would probably be the death. Of Everton in terms of their Premier League status or well, the end spark, of their Premier League it's status. It sparked them on, hasn't it? It sparked them on and then they've had it's, a it sparked them on and then they've, they've had a bit of a lull. A bit of a lull. I just I, I just look at it and I think, are they a team which is very lucky by the fact that there's three teams definitely worse than them this year? The answer is yes. On this season, yes. Um but I think the addition of Sean Deitch coming in and the fact that there is something there to work with will probably be enough to keep them in the league this year um, and, and that being said with a 10 point deduction as well and, and that's no mean feat to do that. that that's impressive for them to to be in that position um but then where where do they press on to from that and i think their whole goal for this season will have been survival given the fact that they've then got that 10 point deduction whacked at them um, yeah it, I, I, but like i said there are, there are teams that are far worse than them down there who, who will go down this it's season. It's the best season for them to take that 10-point deduction. In terms of signings, I've seen Lingard link to them. That makes a lot of sense. I think they haven't got any money to spend, obviously, because if they do spend anything, another 10-point deduction is going to go their way. Um, but he kind of needs to move. I think it makes sense for them. It gives them another attacking option. They've lost three on the bounce now, and I think some of that is just because they, they don't really have those midfielders who can score behind the, the, the striker. Apart from Decore, he seems to score every now and again, but he's not really a attacking midfielder. He's more of a box-to-box type player, um, but they need their wingers or an attacking midfielder to chip in, and Lingard kind of fits that build. They need they need strength and depth, and actually, um, in, from an attacking sense, a lot of logic, actually, with that move uh, for, for Lingard to come in. Uh, next one, Aston Villa. What a sensational season they've had. Um, second in the league at the minute. Um, I have to be honest, I looked at their summer transfers and I thought Aston Villa could be a really dangerous team this season and so it's, it's transpired. They've kind of done the signings that a lot of big teams were looking at in years gone by and didn't pull the trigger. Um, one of the most recent ones, Paul Torres, has come in at centre-back and I know there was a lot of top teams, Man United were looking at him as well, but didn't feel like he wasn't in defeat. And now he's come in, really solidified that team, worked really well in 
Emery's system. And Emery's on a bit of a revenge trail, isn't he? Um, with what he's trying to do in terms of rebuilding his reputation in England. It's brilliant elsewhere. Um, but in England, you know, people think he's a fool because of what happened at Arsenal. But actually, it's not. He's a, you know, top, top class coach. And this is showing it. I think so. And I think it all starts from the back with them. Um, you've got a really good goalkeeper with Martinez at the back. Um, I just think that gives your defence in front of him a lot of confidence. Um, you've got players who have been there for quite a few seasons who he is getting the best out of. Um, you know, Ollie Watkins looks sharp as well. He's turned him into a um, proper striker. He, he's turned him into a consistent threat. Yeah. And I think if you give players like him time, space, they will hurt you, but also a manager who gives you a bit of belief as well. Yeah. Um, if they keep everybody fit and they keep playing this style of football, they're going to be a, a real threat. And I think everyone's expecting them to almost drop away. At, at the moment, I can't see them dropping away. The only, the only thing that's impacting them a little bit is I think they're still away from, you know, it's a fortress at Villa Park. They've made it so um, their waveform is, is a little bit more patchy. Um, but I think this is a season where I think it's seriously going to be, um, they're seriously going to be consideration for the Champions League, especially if England benefits from getting five places with the coefficients. I would expect Villa to now finish in the top five and get a Champions League place next year. The only thing that they potentially could work on again is just adding a bit of strength and depth in that attacking, uh, attacking third. So I've, I've kind of put Smith Rowe as a, as an option for him. I know they were looking at him before. Emery's time, but Smith Rowe's not getting the minutes at Arsenal. I think a loan move to Aston Villa would probably suit him. Um, it might suit Arsenal as well because then he can charge a bit of a premium on him if he recaptures some of the form that he showed um, and benefits everyone in that equation. So that might be quite a smart move for them to to make and uh, you know bring to fruition. On to the next one, and we have Luton. Now Luton is actually a, a, a fairy tale story. The fact that they're just in the Premier League from being in the National League and they've continued on this up, upward trend is brilliant for them. Um, they're, they're struggling in the sense of they're in games, but they're in, I think they really turn it on in games in the last 30 minutes and they really go for it because they kind of just think, well, why not? Let's just go for it. Um, but I think the biggest problem they've got is they need to make sure they maximise any time at the Kenny. I think any games think at the so. Kenny, they have to be at least drawing, but going for those wins, especially in those six-pointer games, they have to be winning all of those to stand a chance of staying up. Do you know what? Kenilworth Road reminds me of what the Dell was with Southampton. Yeah, it's I an, know what you It's mean, yeah. an awkward place for an away team to go. The ground's an absolute dive. It's not the best, but the passion there, especially under the floodlights, makes it really, really difficult for visiting teams. And I can't recall any games where they've been hammered. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they've always been in games. I think the problem that they've got is they just lack a bit of quality, a bit of now, uh, you know, up the top of the pitch and also at the, you know, when they're looking at defending. You know, it's it, obviously shocking scenes what happened with Tom Lockyer and, you know, we wish him all the best and hope that he does the right thing in terms of recovery for himself and maybe not rush it back. I think having a heart attack or cardiac arrest is a serious thing and it took you know, Christian Eriksen quite a while to come back, so I'd be really surprised if we do see him back. But even if he was in the team now, they still would have needed another defender because they just don't have that Premier League experience that kind of can take, talk them through the games and help them. And some of the goals they concede are 
are quite tragic considering the fact that they they work so hard to get in the game and remain in the game and then they give away these silly goals and I don't think they've kept a clean sheet at all this season so they're, they're desperately in need of a centre-back I've actually put Nat Phillips as my pick if you remember him yeah, uh, yeah, from oh, Liverpool yeah, yeah. I think, I I think remember. he literally got us into the Champions League I think he's just been recalled or his, his loan deal um, in Scotland has just been just been en- just ended sorry and I kind of see that as a logical move from he's not going to go to the moon which is kind of in their budget. Premier League experience. Premier League experience would be good in the championship if they did go down as well. So it's kind of like a future proof in purchase. They're not going to really push the bow out, but gives them that extra player, extra player that they need. And he'll, he'll be happy to play a week in, week out. They've just extended Andros, um, Andros Townsend's contract. As yeah. Well, Andros he's Townsend's done well as well, hasn't he? He's done well. He actually looks like almost like it's rejuvenated in being in there. And, yeah. and again, that comes from a manager playing you in positions and giving you belief. Yeah. Agreed. Well, I, I hope, I hope if any team's going to stay up on that bottom three, it's going to be Luton. So let's hope that they can move forward and, and maybe scrape. Um, scrape, uh, scrape staying in the league, and one of the other teams drops into it. You know what? They've got they've got fire about them. I think you know keeping Ross Barkley fit as well will, will be instrumental in part of that. But he's done well. Um, yeah, he's looked sharp. He, he has. Um, so again, I would love Luton to stay up just because of the journey that they've been on and and who they are. Um, however, with them, I just feel it's it's really touch and go. And like I said, it, it all boils down to staying in games away from home as well as trying to pick up these wins at home against your main rivals. Yeah. Next up's Tottenham. Um, Tottenham have kind of had a Jack Eyed season, I think. Um, but partly because of the injuries that they've had. So I think Frickle happened. Yeah. So they had their first choice defence has completely been eradicated through injuries and suspensions. And they're, oh, no, they're playing Ben Davis and Pedro Porra centre-back for, for a couple of games as well. Um They've adapted really, really well to Ange Postecoglou's style of play. Um, and I think it was always... I always thought his his appointment could go one or two ways. It could either have been a disaster or it could have been the rejuvenation that they needed. And I think they needed to go that direction knowing that Kane was going out the door. Um, and it's so it's transpired. I actually think it's a really good fit. I think he's, he's kind of made it exciting to watch Tottenham again. They've had very many exciting games. Having had a bit more pragmatic managers in, in times gone by with Conte and Mourinho beforehand, um, and I think for me, if they just didn't have those injuries, they'd probably be third, maybe even second in the league because they're not far off it now. They're three points off the second, six points off the top, and they've been decimated. They've not not got any of their midfields um, as we come into the African Cup of Nations as well, with a couple of them going going away for the tournament as well. So. They really need a player from the either in the back or in the midfield. They are dealing with that Dragosan um, from Genoa in, in Syria. Obviously, someone that Andre likes. He keep finding these random players and they keep pulling up threes for him. So I think that'll be a sign that they will make and it hopefully helps them push on. I think so. Um, I think that the thing that goes well for Posikoglu is that he's not as he's not as volatile as people like. Conte and like Mourinho, he he doesn't have that flip switch, I guess, on the touchline. That's not to say he's not passionate about about the game, not at all. But he he's 
he's calm, he's collective, and I think that that gives players a lot of confidence on the on the pitch. Is that you know the manager has literally got it together himself, and and he he expects of his players uh, and that high line and high press that they play. Um, I think it's been the difference. It, it's difficult for teams to deal with, but where they do look vulnerable is always that ball over the top. Yeah, agreed. And they don't seem to they don't seem to adapt from that style of play. It's like, well, this is the way we're playing, and that's it. And I just think in games where you maybe need to drop back a bit further and just reassess what's going on, the players haven't they haven't done that. Like, what were they four 0 down at Brighton? They're all, they're all in or all out, aren't you know, they? You're getting absolutely hammered at Brighton. Fair enough, they they almost pulled it back at the end, and it was a really exciting ten minutes. But teams that are trying to win the league don't go four 0 down away from home. Well, Liverpool had that. Didn't they in that season when uh, Brendan Rodgers? I remember they were a, a, a really attacking team, scored an abundance of goals, but actually had nothing at the back, and so transpired they didn't win the league. So very similar, but they're Tottenham anyway. They will bottle everything. On to the next one, which is Newcastle. Interesting one. What do you think to their season? It's kind of fallen off a cliff in the last few weeks. I think last year they massively overachieved. I agree, and that has almost set a false standard for this season, as everyone's expecting them to be. You know. Stonewall top four almost competing to win it and I just don't think the squad has that strength and depth yet but on their day can put it together really strong performances um, I think that Eddie Howe is trying to manage their expectations and say look you know I'd rather build a strong squad that can compete year in year out rather than just in flashes um, I think that the fans understand that but we'll probably be a little bit frustrated about how the season's gone. And I think they will, they will feel that where they are in the league is disappointing. The worst thing, though, the owners can do right now is sack Eddie Howe. Eddie Howe has rejuvenated that place massively. He's given so much to that club. Um, but they've, they've just struggled with injuries. They've struggled with a few players having a little bit of loss of form. And I think you'll find that when teams compete in four competitions, if, if you compete in you know, in the Premier League, in, in a difficult Champions League group, let's be honest, the, the draw was not kind to them, was it? No. When you're competing at those levels, you can see that they don't have the strength and depth to do it and still stay competitive in the league because your teams who do do that will manage, they'll well, ride, they'll the ride the injury band, curb. The Tonali bands really hurt them with that because they, they, they add an extra midfielder in there. Yeah, obviously expecting him to be there for the whole season and, and, and ready and available and that band's come in, taking them away. But they need a player there. Your clubs who can successfully compete in the domestic league and the Champions League and in cup competitions can ride that injury wave. And Newcastle just don't have that depth yet. And they have been unfortunate with it. Um, uh, I agree with they don't have the depth, though, because if you actually look at their backup squad, their, 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 their backup players are still the same players that were here three, four years ago, when even when they were... I think most of them are still there, overhanging from when they were even a championship club. They just don't have that quality throughout their whole team and it's coming yeah they shouldn't they shouldn't they shouldn't be disappointed this season I think if they finish outside of europe i think debravka has been superb between the sticks for them he, he's i, I think well De since pope's injury i, I think debravka has been been brilliant um coming in you've then got obviously trippier has been Trippier's dro no, he's dropped he's dropped though recently he was, he's, he's, he's had a superb. few mistakes in his locker um you've got fabian shah who is Again, he, he's strong on his day. Lascelles is decent on his day. Is Eddie Howe getting the best out of Joel Linton? I think so. 
They're not doing bad. I just think Callum Wilson. They're a victim again, of success last season. Anthony Gordon's really impressed me, actually. He, yeah, he's he, done well. His turn of pace can cause real problems on the wing for defences. And on his day, Alexander Isaac. Yeah. He he's a good finisher. He's yeah, I really enjoy watching him actually play. And he's got that athletic build about him where he is quick and he's dangerous. So I, I think Newcastle will come back. Strongly, um, will they finish in the Champions League places? I don't know. I think a lot of damage has been done so far. On to the next one, uh, Chelsea. Um, <laughs> uh, we have to laugh at Chelsea. Um, why just, are you laughing at Chelsea? I mean, why, why are you laughing at them? A team that spent a billion quid on their transfers, and I get it. I, I get it with Chelsea. Chelsea. Chelsea's been run by essentially a spreadsheet owner he looks at his billion quid investment and thinks that in two three years that whole team's going to be worth a billion and a half nearing two billion doesn't work like that they actually have to perform and their signings are so bad so bad sanchez in goal has looked so poor he well could you imagine what happened if they didn't have silver like it could be a whole lot. Worse I, think, I think. I think. Silver's finished. I think he's thirty-nine now. He's eighty days out. He can't play. For he, he, has, he can't play forever. But he can't play in a four either. That's the biggest issue with him now. He's he's at the point where he needs to be dictating to a centre back either side of him how to actually defend and help out. As soon as you put him in the four, he looks every bit his age, and it's not really helped out. But their their squad is just it's it's just a mishmash of players. They've got Bright Spark and Cole Palmer, um, who's looked really like... He's Cole looked... Palmer has literally carried that team from the front. He yeah. looks super. He's finishing. He's a very skillful player. But when I look at them, and they, they, I see Nicholas Jackson at the top, and he looks like every single game, he's getting worse and worse and worse. And the fear of even striking the ball is, is going into him. It kind of reminds me of that scene from 40-Year-Old Virgin when um, Steve Carell's character is trying to ha- do the Dean, so to speak. <laughs> And every time it goes wrong, and the next time's even worse, and the next time's even worse, and the next time's even worse. Nicholas Jackson's shots are getting worse and worse and worse. He looks like a guy who doesn't even want to shoot. He only wants to shoot if he has a clear, open goal. Then he might think about pulling the trigger. Other than that, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to know. They need a striker. They need Oshman from Napoli. He would be a good fit. I think fitting well to them. Do you know what? I think that they're going to lose Nicholas Jackson as well to the African Cup of Nations. Farewell. He's going to go to Senegal. So yeah, drive him to the airport and never see him ever again. Give the opportunity for somebody else to come in, but but who? You know who? who they haven't they? got a striker. The, there isn't anyone. Billion pounds on the average striker. It's nuts. Um, on to the next one. We've got Wolves now. Love the fact that Wolves are doing quite well. Gary O'Neill deserves it. We've won three on the bounce now, and it was a travesty. He lost his role. Um, lost his job at Bournemouth should have never should have never have happened yeah looking good aren't they they're looking solid top of mid table I would say um, provided they keep everybody fit yeah I um, think they just need another striker I think there's a bit of there's a bit of fire back into the club again um, you know they look they look solid um, and that's probably the, the word I would use to describe them at the moment West Ham again have had a really weird Jekyll and Hyde uh, sort of season started off quite well then had a huge dip, and now they've recovered it so well that they're actually six in the table, um, and they're looking at extending Moyes' contract. I think that's probably one of the reasons why their season has been a bit up and down is because everyone kind of thought that this is Moyes' last season, so how confused am I, am I to play for you? Whereas now that there's talk around giving him that stability, 
they've really had that uplift and it seems like a good place to be again are they are they overachieving or is this top level for West Ham of where they of where they could realistically expect to be they, they, they're a team that really 10th 10th to 6 they, they should be aiming in that bracket every, every year year in year out with the money that they spend and, and what they generate from their stadium as well because they've They've got that on a ridiculously cheap rental deal. Um, but, yeah, it, it's a weird one. West Ham are kind of a weird, like, in the Premier League yo-yo team in terms of they they might do one season finish in Europe, then next year scrape away from relegation, then they'll just do the repeat and keep going that. But as long as they stay in the Premier League, they'll they'll always push push on long-term. And looking at their signings, I probably think that uh, they've been recently in with Eric Dyer. I think that makes a lot of sense for them to sign him. They need strength and depth in the defence. And he's that type of player that Moyes loves. Been there, done that. London club again. They'll always have that. They'll always have that pull when they sign players as a, as a London club. You, you find and Fulham are the same for that. Yeah. Next one's Burnley. I actually thought Burnley would be great coming in. You know, playing that style of football that company uh, has brought into brought into the team, completely changing them. But when you look at them now, they just look so naive and so easy to find the flaws which you can exploit in games. And so though it's transpired, they, 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 they're looking really poor and a team that will finish where they are right now. They're going to finish 19th. They're not really going to do anything more. No one can really save them in terms of signings. I, I mean, it'd be interesting if they can get Matson back, who was really good for them last year at Chelsea. Um, it might be an interesting signing for him to just get minutes. But... I just I, I do feel a bit sorry for them because they just lack that quality and they have just signed really really young players and maybe it's just a season too early for them. I think it just shows though that you, you can breeze the championship and then that step up if your club doesn't have the right foundations is just it's too much. I mean, if you look if you look at Burnley are excite they were exciting to watch, but in terms of other clubs in the cha- in in the Premier League that they're small. Yeah, and you know they they don't have the they don't have the revenue from gate seats. They don't have significant sponsorship deals. They don't have global appeal, and you know they they will struggle to consistently stay there. And I do I like Vincent Company. Uh, you know the how he manages the team, and I think is great for young players. I just don't see in their squad at the moment how they get out of the position that they're in. No, they're going back to the championship, unfortunately. So we'll see them there. Next one up is a close uh, a team close to my heart, Man United. Um, yeah, we haven't talked about them, have we? we? We could do a whole we could do a whole show. I think we are going to. In the future. I think we need to. Yeah, there's so much to talk about. I'm gonna I'm gonna summarize it really really quick. Absolute disaster. Um, let's just hope the new ownership breathes some life uh, breathes some life into uh, the team, the squad, the atmosphere. Everything there is quite negative at the moment. Um, it, it needs it needs a bit of changing around and yeah uh, for me I think uh, I've looked at signings that they could pull off and the potential they're only really looking at loan signings because of FFP because of how badly we've run that commercial side of things in, in the years gone by throwing out mad contracts left right and centre uh, Rafina from Barcelona might be quite interesting Barcelona need to obviously sort of balance their books and get them on loan we need wingers who actually attack properly because our wingers have not been fruitful this season um, and hopefully they can link up with Hoyland and get the best out of him because there's a player there but our wingers and Hoyland are just so disjointed that we're never going to get the best 
Hoyland's got talent, but in games this season, he has looked quite isolated up there on his own. Um, You say it's an absolute disaster, but you've only lost, sorry, only drawn one league game. So it's you've lost nine. You have lost nine. Yeah, but it's hot and cold. Yeah, it's hot and cold. So so there is something there. There is something there. There's no consistency. That's the issue. I don't know. I think if you look at it, they've won ten games, but a lot of those games against the the lower end of the of the of the table, um, they can't break teams down. They're hoping for the counter attack, and it's 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 very much they, they play for moments in terms of what they do. Um, I can't see a way out of this now. The thing that when probably ten Hag most disappoints. I would say I'm going to summarise this in general for United fans is the way that you went out that Champions League group. Yeah, it was Worst a group that you would have stuck money on you going through, and you know to be schooled by FC Copenhagen. Well, the, the team's nice. been the team's been decimated by injury. I'll give them that, but you still expect even the backup brigade to do a better a, a, a better performance than what they've showed so far this season. But you'll find you should what you should find is that. Clubs like Manchester United, where it's sometimes really hard to break into the first 11s when people do get injured, that's where you would want your subs and your reserve team to absolutely relish the opportunity. Think, this is my moment. I'm going to give it absolutely everything. Yeah, and that just hasn't been the case. Last but no means least, Man City. So for me, Man City actually had a disaster of the summer transfer window. I actually, I didn't really rate their business. While the other side, I actually looked at it and thought they've sold players that are so crucial to them in Gundogan and Mares, the type of players that in games, tight games where you you're drawing or potentially even losing, they bring it back, they get your draw, they get your win. They 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 get those points. Or oh, you bring on Mares and he'd give you a goal. Yeah. Yeah. And Gundogan just changed games. He he was the key to unlocking stubborn defences. Yep. And I think they're seeing now why they were so important for them because you know, they brought on Doku and I actually like Doku. Doku's a really Doku interesting looked, player. He looks sharp. Yeah, he, he, he's one of these Belgian prodigies that's come through that, again, looks really, really good. But end product, that's the issue with him, is that he looks like a really, really good show pony. I was talking to a mate of mine and he was comparing. Well, actually, I was yeah, comparing. But he's only 21. Well, I was comparing him to St. Maximum at Newcastle, a player who could take on everyone to beat anyone in nightmare to defend in a one-on-one situation, quite you know, quite a challenge for for defenders. But end product's not there, and I kind of feel like Doku's more of that mold at the moment. I think he'll get better, and I think he will add that product. Like he's, he is trying, he is, you know, there is some shots he's making that are just wider the post, and actually, you know, if it's a few inches the other way, then it's a goal, and all of a sudden his record looks a lot better. Um, but for me, they they're just that been the kind of the master of their own downfall in terms of what they sold and they didn't do it gradually. They sold two clutch players for them all at once and that's really been an issue. Um, and it just looked like a team that I've always felt if you attack Guardiola's teams, it's a different dynamic because they have so much of the ball, they're so used to attacking it. So what happens if you attack them back? And this year, it's really shown that if you do attack them, they're a bit more vulnerable. Um, and it's And that's an interesting dynamic because no one wants them to win this season. No one wants them to win again, and apart from you, Man City fans, uh, there aren't any of them. So it don't matter about <laughs> that. So no one wants to see them win again. I think you, you do notice though when De Bruyne is not in that team. Oh, massively, and, massively. You know, what, what team wouldn't miss De Bruyne? Any team would, but you, you notice it significantly. And I think that you know 
Rodri as well as instrumental to how this team fits together. Yeah, whenever he's out, they lose. Yep, it doesn't look good. So, and, and we haven't spoke a word there about Erling Haaland yet. No, and he's not exactly like blown us away like he did last season. Don't get me wrong, he's still massively like at the top of the scoring charts and all this sort of stuff, but he's not blown us away. I haven't felt like, oh my God, look at the striker that they've got. He's an absolute beast this season. I felt that last year. But you, you almost felt the pressure of, he's going to get a hat-trick this game, he's going to get a hat-trick the next game. You kind of felt that expectation this year. It's like... But we've seen it time and time again with Manchester City. Though They finish the season really strongly. If they put a run together, it's going to take a lot to keep up with them. Yeah, I mean, they benefit from having a you know a quality coach in Guardiola, um, quality style of play, very technical players who just you know are relentless with what they do. So they will burn teams down um, and to to get the end result. But I just think in those tight games where teams have probably got that bit of resilience, they don't have that player now that they can turn to on the bench and really change things. So it'll be interesting to see how much that does impact them on their trophy hunt at the end of the season. So you've heard our thoughts around teams in the Premier League. Let us know what your thoughts are on our Twitter and we'll see you on the next episode of the Football Forum Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Football Forum Podcast. Don't forget to click follow so you don't miss out on future episodes. Next week is an absolute cracker. We'll see you then. Up the FFP.